and welcome to Media MD, your weekly prescription for media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this week on Media MD, we'll be revisiting Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency to find out what you thought of it, Elliot. Yeah. Um, Wait, before you do right. that, I have one question before we jump into it. Before you do your kind yeah. of plot summary, I have one question for you, which is... Okay. So what do you think of Bart? She's great, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to give um, us a plot summary? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so Dirk Maybe Gently... Maybe have one minute. Good luck. <laughs> um, no, so basically Dirk Gently takes place in it's sort of uh, a version of our reality where there are certain people born with, I guess, sort of superpower type things but really they're they're more just like agents of fate yeah or um tools of the universe and basically so the universe just sort of bounces them around um through like crazy coincidences and stuff so that they're in the right place to sort of correct wrongs in the universe um so for instance bart who has already been brought up um is a sort of holistic assassin in that the universe sort of puts her in situations where she's just able to easily kill um, basically terrible people um, with no repercussions. Yeah, and not just that. She generally just kills anyone she comes across. Well, yeah, and I mean, because when she's introduced at the start of the series, she's basically been on her own for for years and years and Mm. is in this situation where she's just sort of bouncing around and everyone that she meets is basically someone who should be killed. So she's yeah. just been on her own killing people for... Yeah, you know, she'll kill someone and then later it was revealed, oh, this person was like, had had two women tied up in his basement or whatever, you know? Yeah, or, or was a pedophile or something yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's for us to decide who lives and who dies, Elliot, but in the context of the show, it's, she, yeah. it's very clearly suggesting that these are people who are <laughs> meant to be killed, which yeah, now that I show, think about it is kind definitely... of fucked up. <laughs> The show definitely seems to just imply that the universe thinks these people should be killed, which, I mean, I guess we just have to accept because if if really if it's the fabric of reality that's decided you need to die, I mean, if there was ever a a sort of set moral Yeah, I guess um, there's no moral argument to be had, universal. But anyway, so... So basically each of the two seasons covers one sort of big case. So Dirk Gently... Um, is basically put in places in the universe where something needs solving or, or needs sort of a convoluted fix. And so he basically gets thrust into crazy situations and, and each season covers one of those situations where he's accompanied by his assistant, uh, Todd, played by mm. Frodo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to challenge and- that. Yeah, you, you paused like you were <laughs> waiting for me to challenge it, but no, it's he's played by Frodo. So. <laughs> It's worth pointing out, though, that it's not just like cases to be solved. It's, it's kind of situations where something has gone wrong with the universe, you know. Um, so, so season one revolves yeah. a lot around a, a kind of time loop, um, which obviously is, to use a word that doesn't quite fit, um, unnatural. <laughs> um, and season two revolves around the fact that there are characters literally coming from fiction into reality and changing the way reality operates, which is not on. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the universe seems to basically reserve him for cases that involve the fabric of reality being distorted. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Whereas it seems to be a lot looser with letting Bart yeah, kill Yeah, Bart people. just kills um, fucking <laughs> pedophiles and bikey gangs, I guess. Um, um, 
And, and I mean, you know, especially in season two, um, a lot more sort of uh, uh, people who are born like this are sort of introduced. So mm. um, one of my personal favorites was the holistic actress, yep. actress Mona. Who basically is a, um, a shapeshifter. When she, was, when she was found, had been playing a chair for six years. So she's basically a shapeshifter who took the form of a chair for six years. Yeah, um, and, and when she kind of takes the form of an inanimate object, she kind of just forgets. To not to change back and just moves out as that <laughs> yeah. object. Um, and it's interesting because she's introduced in season two. She's she's the form of like a like a squeezy a stress stre- toy, a stress right? release toy. Yeah, yeah, which you can actually track from season one. Like that that's a toy that has been in existence since you know the first or second episode of season one. You can just track its progression yeah. through the show if you if you go back and look. Oh, I hadn't it. even thought of that, but you're right. The Rowdy Three had it. In season yeah, one, yeah. It? it was. Oh. Yeah, it was there well, the whole blind. time. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, so there's there's like tons and tons to the plot. So I don't, I don't really think I need to go into it anymore. Yeah, no, you don't. Like, if you really care about that, then you should just watch it. Um, yeah, I mean the plot because um, it's by design. Well, by design, it's like unnecessarily convoluted, yeah, and and there's totally. intentionally tons of moving parts, so it it's not really summarizable um, in any sort of yeah. The, the same plot revolves around one, a girl's soul trapped in the body of a dog, and two, a time traveling uh, kind of knight, steampunk knight. Um, those are both in the same plot, so you should probably just go watch. It. Oh, it's and too a, complicated. And a shark that bites the walls of hotels. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, yep. yep. And some uh, yeah, and I mean that, that's very much. Who I, shoot electric crossbows at people. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> uh, like you, you sort of mentioned that this was the case going yeah. into it, yeah. and and you know you're like, oh, the first few episodes just sort of lead you with with a lot of questions. Yeah, and, and even though I was prepared for that, well, I <laughs> remember finishing episode one and just just, and just being like, what the what fuck? the actual fuck? Like, I was like, there are so many. There are so many pieces. Like I was like, I like, and the, and it turns out episode one hasn't even introduced them all. Yeah, there's more pieces like, to come. Um, yeah, we should before we. I mean, we're six minutes in, and you haven't actually answered the question of how far through the show you got. Well, yeah. So um, I finished both seasons. Yeah, as as I, I mean, knew you would. Spoilers, spoilers for those. Um, I guess who who don't want to know how things work behind the scenes, but we're actually recording this a week early because yeah. I finished it in under a week and i didn't want to sit on it for 10 days um, (laughs) so back when i said that there was a very real chance you would just fall into it and watch both seasons even i didn't predict the level of of binge (laughs) that went on um yeah i mean i sat down to watch the first episode one evening and then i was like oh and then i'm gonna go do you know something productive Mm. afterwards and then it was one of those situations that i haven't had for a few years where it was like the end of episode four and i looked down at my clock and it's like just after midnight and i was like oh shit yeah like, um yeah this show is yeah, like that. Uh, it, it is and yeah it, it was it was very addictive um yeah. i got straight into it and the the mystery is is just such a driving force that i just sort of had to keep watching because i had to get more clues and yeah and stuff yeah um so there are a couple of moments that i want to kind of talk about and highlight me as, too as kind of exceptional <laughs> moments of TV making. Um, one yeah. is from episode two, and uh, it revolves around Bart and this person that she meets called Ken, and it basically is the scene where Bart describes how her power works um, and, and demonstrates yeah. it. And there's a scene where their car breaks down and Bart's like, oh, our car's broken down, so let's just wait around here for someone to come and then we'll kill them. Um, and then someone comes and they offer to help with the car and then Bart kills them. Or, sorry, Bart's 
going to kill them. And Ken's like, dude, you got to get out of here. And he's like, no, I'm going to murder you. And then Bart kills him. It's like, <laughs> oh, so she was meant to kill this person. And then yeah. there's this great scene where Bart demonstrates the other part of her power, which is that she can't be hurt. Um, yeah. The universe will conspire to not hurt her. And the way she demonstrates this is she takes a gun that she has and she points it at her head and pulls the trigger and it jams. And then she points it out into the woods and pulls the trigger and it fires. And then she points it at her head and pulls the trigger and it jams. And she she repeats this like four or five times, just clicking, jamming when she points it at her head and then shooting out into yeah. the woods. And watching this scene, I'm just like entranced with the... <laughs> With the the mechanics of this power and how it all unfolds and how a perfect way to kind of describe it it is, um, yeah. and and I mean that's the thing like you know you sort of talked in episode one and, and about how hard it was to sort of explain these things and I kind of bumbled through it a few minutes ago but um, <laughs> De- the show really benefits that. from its its ability to just sort of demonstrate it uh, yeah. and show show you rather than tell you yeah totally um, which is like that's like filmmaking one hundred and one I think and and the show does a really good job of that yeah. Um, I mean, one of the other things or types of moments, I guess, I wanted to highlight is I thought this show did a really good job of capturing everyone's reactions to all these what the fuck moments. Mm. So, like, particularly like um, Todd, uh, the the straight man, and, and his sister Amanda, but yeah. but even even Dirk Gently and Bart have a few moments where they're just like, what, what the fuck? What just um, happened? Yeah. Uh, like there, there was that one where there's a guy who works in Project Blackwing, um, mm. which is the kind of secret government office that oversees these weird superpowered peeps. Yeah, um, they there's a guy who works there called like Mister Assistant, um, <laughs> spelled with an E, and and just like Dirk, gen- Dirk gently just meets him like a- as a bunch of knights that have been brought in from a fictional fantasy world are like invading mm-hmm. this government base mm-hmm. and he needs help and he meets a guy and it's like the guy's like my name is assistant and Dirk gently just sort of looks at him deadpan it's just like i fucking hate project blackwing <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is um the person who took over project blackwing had thought that he was his assistant the whole time but he's actually like <laughs> some tech yeah. lead or something ridiculous well because he introduced himself as assistant yeah. um and, and I mean, there's another one where I think when um, Amanda, Todd's sister, first gets brought into the fantasy realm and mm. she's like in this like scene that looks like it's straight out of Farscape, um, yeah. which is probably a we- reference that lost most people. But um, it's all these like crappy um, sort of alien looking things sitting yeah, around but, like, the pond. And they she don't just- look good realistic no uh, like um, they're all they're all sort of these monster things and you know she's she's been through a lot of weird psychic stuff for the past like six months leading mm. up to this but she just sort of is in this pond with all these sort of monster alien looking things and mm. she just she's just like no like <laughs> no I, not I, doing I, this I, I, she's like she's like i've put up with so much the last few months and this is just too far like, yeah um i think something that i i probably didn't touch on a lot in the prescription but unfairly so is this is a funny show. This is a very funny show. It is. It, it, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that was probably my favorite part of it was really the, the humor. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, sort of like I said, I thought the characters drive that. Like I thought pretty much all of the characters were pretty believable and reasonable given the mm. situations they're in. Like Dirk Gently at first comes off as quite whimsical and, and you know, very Doctor who um, Yeah. But once you've spent a lot of time with him it's kind of like well you can see how someone would just end up being like that yeah all the shit that he goes through his his kind of whimsical Um, nature i get the sense at least is it's kind of a coping mechanism to deal with all the weird shit that just happens to him well yeah because how how else like and i mean yeah 
because in season two he does start to sort of break and, and have a meltdown and, mm. and that's a whole arc that I, I didn't really think worked that yeah, uh, I totally. think we'll talk about in a bit but um yeah yeah uh, very much and and just like people's you know I was talking about how people's reactions to weirdness but also there, there was like all those very hilarious and sort of scenes where they're like completely freaking out but there were the other ones where people would encounter these weird things and just approach them in such a logical way that I thought was great like they're um so in season one, there's the girl Lydia who mm-hmm. is inside a dog. Yep. Her and when the detect- Yeah, and when the detective working on the case is just sort of sitting with her in the park and he just looks at this dog and he's like, Okay. So like I have a question. Are you Lydia in a dog? And the dog like barks once and then he, he goes through this whole process where he's like, Okay, bark twice for yes, once for no, and the dog's answering all his questions. He's like, Okay, if you're Lydia bark three times and then walk in a circle and the dog does it and, and he and he freaks the fuck out but i was like that that because that's exactly the sort of process yeah. he'd go through like if if you asked the dog that and then it responded you you wouldn't would start just sort of escalating yeah. the complexity of these tests just yeah. because you know you, you'd have to leave and then yeah of course when he when she keeps passing them, he's just like what the fuck is happening yeah there's one other moment like that that i want to point out which was a highlight to me which was um the the kind of villain throughout season one is this guy who who's operates this body swapping machine um and yep. finally dirk gently and and todd meet him and they they've seen each other and they've kind of interacted with each other but they've never actually oh, had yeah. a conversation before and so the the guy sits them down ties them up pulls a gun on them and set and is like yeah no before he walked into the room Dirk was like, oh, like, because they're tied up and, yeah. and Todd's freaking out. And Dirk's like, I'm so excited for this because we're finally, finally going to have everything answers. explained to us. Yeah. And then and then the backup walks in. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Who are these people? Why is this happening? And Dirk's like visibly so disappointed. <laughs> How, and asks all these other questions that like you just sit there and you're like, oh, the, I, I don't even, I wasn't even thinking about half of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and and I mean another practical thing is uh, I remember in season two, um, there's the the lady Susie who gets turned into a witch. Yeah, who and, is basically uh, just an big, ordinary person for the to start. Yeah, with. and she she sort of has a wand um, to do her magic through, mm-hmm. and she sort of fails her first mission. Um, because she drops the wand and it and sort of gets lost. And so then the very next episode, she's sort of being sent on her second mission and she's just got this whole roll of duct tape and she's duct taped the wand to her hand. Yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> saves, like, saves her multiple it, times, it does. the fact that she's done and, and, But it's just such like, it's such a hilariously human solution. Like, yeah. I have magic powers, so I better duct tape this wand to my yeah. hand. Like, it. I just thought that was such a funny solution to... yeah like such a weird problem to have and like you know because you think she could magically stick it to her hand or something (laughs) i guess not (laughs) yeah i guess not um so yeah why don't we talk about the the, two things i want to talk about so obviously we've been praising the show for a while because it is such a great show but um you kind of hinted that there was some some less than ideal stuff you wanted to talk about why don't we start yeah well yeah so i mean overall i thought the characterization was one of the show's strengths Mm. um and i i'd say the two big exceptions to this that really jumped to mind are both in season two and that was sort of Dirk Gently's arc and Ken's arc mm. um and so Dirk like so Dirk Gently's arc in season two is that he sort of starts to have a meltdown and is trying to quit this yeah, life he's trying to reject his quest forced yeah forced upon him yeah. and everyone else is sort of egging him on and getting really confused because he's usually the first person to just sort of jump in without a care because that's how he's been able to yeah. operate because the universe sort of protects him yeah 
Um, but, and, and I mean, I sort of made this whole arc make sense to myself by sort of, I, I was thinking on it after it was sort of over and thinking, oh, well, I guess it made sense because his whole thing in season one was he'd never had anyone actually stick around to mm. put up with all the bullshit and Todd is the first person to do that. Mm. And the freakout does sort of start just after Todd first almost loses his life and mm. so it's really the first time Dirk has had anyone to lose. And yeah. so it's the first time I think the companion has ever been endangered, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I and I mean I, I think that's the whole the whole point of his freakout, but that wasn't super clear and it, it drags on for a bit and it just, it, I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't really work for me. Um, yeah, this is something I actually want to talk about in the prescription, um, which is this kind of idea of the rejection of the quest also, uh, to me, was a part that I, I, I didn't like in season one. There's there's parts where Todd is very much um, reluctant to be involved, you know, and, and a certain extent yeah. of that is warranted, but again, it, it feels to me like it, it drags on too much. Um, yeah, no, there were definitely points late in the later half of the season where... No, it's like, why are like, you nah, still that, angry it, about I, this? I quit. Get on board, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're you're so deep in at this point, and yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And, um, and even if it is kind of realistic, that doesn't mean it's <laughs> compelling. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, nothing else about the show is very realistic, yeah, totally. so I don't... Um, but yeah, well, no, I mean, actually, I, thing- I would disagree with that. I think the sh- the show is realistic in the way that its characters react. No, to yeah, things, you're right. right. The characters the characters were very believable with yeah. with those few minor exceptions. Yeah, totally. Um, the and the only other one I felt like so Ken is this guy who sort of acts as a bit of a foil, I guess is the best word for mm. Todd in season one, in that he gets paired with Bart, who mm. is sort of the opposite of, of Dirk Gently. In many ways, and they're both um, the companions to the to the crazy people, and they even have yeah, a moment and, where they, <laughs> at the end of season one, they both kind of look at each other and nod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great that was a great little moment. Um, and, and so then Ken Ken obviously ends up sort of being caught by Project Blackwing, uh, in season two, and the sort of mm. reason for that is they figure because he was with Bart for so long and maintain or, and he's still alive that he must have some sort of superpower as well yeah which was a hilariously believable excuse um for why they were keeping him there um, yeah totally trying to figure out what his power was but uh then he he sort of he was like a hacker and stuff which is why it was useful to Bart in season one and then that sort of leads to him being useful to Blackwing well I think the thing that makes him useful to Blackwing is just the fact that he's Normal. An outsider. <laughs> yeah, he's, he basically just gives very obvious advice to the leader, and the guy's like, yeah. "I did oh, not yeah. think of that." Like, yeah, um, yeah. And so this like leads him, you know, throughout sort of season two, he's just sort of casually moving up the ranks at Blackwing um, mm. because they're becoming more and more dependent on him, and that mm. sort of kept making sense. And and because you know he just wanted to get out, or he wanted to meet up with Bart again, and yeah. and and then there's just this sort of it. It kind of just felt like a switch flipped, and I never understood why. But yeah. right towards the end of season two, he just actually becomes the leader of Blackwing, a genuine leader of yeah. Blackwing, and he even is reunited with Bart. And instead of you know escaping or, or doing anything like that, he kind of plays the Blackwing role. You know, he he toes the line. Yeah. Exactly, and he, yeah, no, like he, he's fully on Blackwing's side now, and it was never clear to me when or why that change actually occurred. Like he, he went from, yeah, being against them and and wanting to get out to just suddenly being a part of it and thinking they were great and try and like basically, yeah, like running them and keeping them to the same mission. And I, yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, that, that's something that I definitely felt 
as I was watching season two. And and maybe I kind of contextualize it for myself a bit to, to kind of justify it. But uh, as I was watching it, I had the exact same reaction to you and it, and it wasn't great. Um, but I went in and rewatched season one before I prescribed this to you. And Ken's character in that is he's never really a good person. Like he's against the idea of killing just for the sake of killing <laughs> up to a but point. That's not a high and then bar. he gets on board, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And he's obviously working with criminals when you first meet him. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I And he, he meets and develops a connection with Bart, but that can kind of be explained as him just being interested in the fact that she's, well, you know, magic. magic. <laughs> um, so after I'd rewatched season one, it, it it really did make more sense to me the th- decisions he makes in season two. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that was that was after I kind of headcanoned it for myself. So it's totally a valid criticism. I mean, yeah, and I guess you know, obviously the show's been cancelled now. But if if season three was to go on, I'd um, I think that may have come up a bit more because obviously. Wait, has the show been cancelled, Elliot? You're breaking my heart here. Wait, did you not know that? You're the one no. who recommended this to me. I. <laughs> it's been cancelled. Jeez. What? Shit. Yeah, well, it got cancelled a, a few months ago. Now I'm sad. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I guess if, if there was going to be a season three, I think it maybe would have come up because you would have had more conversations with Bart. But yeah. Oh, where, dude. Where the show sort of left <laughs> You just bummed um, me out. <laughs> I thought there was going to be another season. Oh, well. Um, no. And I, I think... I think there's been petitions because it was co-produced by Netflix and mm. BBC America. So people are asking because BBC America are the up. ones who cancelled it. So yeah. I think people have been trying to get Netflix to just do it by themselves. Mm. Um, but I, I think, I mean, the show just didn't have the viewers from what I've seen. Yeah, and, no, um, I, I agree. This is just one, another one of those examples of a fantastic show that is just a bit too niche. And yeah, and, and it's a very ha- weird ha- show. And honestly... It, it's very understandable for people to watch the first episode and just be like, this is nonsense. <laughs> or, or, or even even worse, can you just imagine that you're like just channel flicking one night and it's like, oh, Dirk Gently episode five. Okay, I'll see what this show's yeah. about. And it's just, oh, and it's just complete craziness. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck did that shark just come out of that cat? Because, yeah, because like things would make even less sense without the context of the <laughs> earlier episodes. <laughs> I can just imagine it. Um, um, yeah. Or like so, so this yeah, week on um, Dirk Gently, yeah. and it just plays completely nonsensical clips. <laughs> like who would tune in for that? Um, so I mean, it, it's one of those cancellations that's really frustrating because it makes a lot of sense, and yeah. those are the worst ones, yeah, I reckon. Because totally. the injustices you can just sit at home and feel angry about, and mm. you're and you're justified in that. But these ones. You just kind of have to sit there and think, well... Well, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I, mean, I probably you know, would have cancelled it too if I didn't love it. <laughs> Especially in my case, I'm sitting here and it's like, well, yeah, I didn't start watching it till it got cancelled, so that's my fault oops yeah so so i don't know i and especially because i think this is a show that like because season two is very different to season one yeah. in a lot of ways yeah and that's because of this like bizarre world they've created and i can just sort of see that this is a show that could have gone for a long time because of the freshness they could have added to each scene season yeah. like i think really what may have gotten weak is you know a few of the characters were clearly already sort of starting to get weird arcs in season two because they mm. weren't entirely sure where to take them. And yeah. that that may have gotten worse. Like if the show hits season six, I could see characters like um, 
you know, Todd or Ken still being around and the show just doesn't really know what to do with them well, anymore. I mean, I feel like Todd would, would be around. Ken, maybe not so much. <laughs> or like, um, you know, one of the oh, Rowdy sure, Three but, gets but a lot like, of characterization or, or, yeah. Yeah, like Amanda obviously was going to have a role to play in the next season or so, but then like after that, mm. you know. So, so yeah, like, but, but um, characters aside, in terms of the plot and the sort of interests in the settings and stuff, it, it definitely could have gone on for a long time and... You know, having Dirk Gently, who's basically a you know a Doctor Who white, you know that shows had longevity, so I think they'd be fine. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's give it a number. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm going to give this one. Uh, see, it's hard. It's hard not to be bummed about it being cancelled, which I found out just right after I finished it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to give it an eight and a half, which is probably knocked half a point off because of. The fact that I know that we're not going to get any more and mm. it had a few loose ends and that's just, I never liked that. Elliot, if you watch two seasons of a show in a week and that's an eight and a half, I dread <laughs> to think what a nine or a ten is. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And I think there are legitimate criticisms with the show, but it's the kind of show that you can't help but fall in love with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's Media MD for this week. <laughs> um, remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook if you want to interact with the show. Uh, if you'd like to help us out, you can also leave us a review on iTunes, which we would much appreciate. Um, if you want, you can check out our website where you can find links to do all those things I just mentioned, as well as links to uh, discussion threads for each episode, which I'll also post in the show notes down below. Um, yeah, so if you kind of leave some comments in the show notes as we're uh, watching something you can watch along with us and we might feature your comments in the episodes um, also on the website are different ways to contact us and all of the clues for the media md arg you can help us figure out just who is dr md and why is his child so imaginative elliot why don't you tell the listeners the clue for this week um sneakers um sneakers and we'll see you next week <laughs> Why, 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 why